Coming up on the Assassins Podcast, we have got Christine Tao, CEO and co-founder of Sounding Board, joining us today to talk about the future of executive coaching and how Sounding Board is disrupting a category that has traditionally been limited to just the few and highest earners in society today. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the challenges that Christine faced when she raised her seed round and some of the additional challenges that female founders specifically face when they go out to raise capital out in the market. Uh, and she goes even a little bit deeper there to talk about how that process differed uh, when Sounding Board went to raise their Series B versus some of the challenges that Christine faced with the seed and Series A level. And then rounding it out, lastly, as a network effect business, how Christine's team built Sounding Board's initial network of leadership coaches and just how important the quality of experiences when going out to do that. So without further ado, Assassins, let's get it started. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian again. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. I can change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated. Closing deals on a daily, weekly, monthly. Real recognize, real you dudes is acting funny. Don't waste our time. Time is money. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It is Justin, your host here at the Assassin's Podcast, where we have incredible guests on to talk about their journeys going from zero to one to help founders get the car out of the garage, as we like to say. And this week, I have a really incredible guest joining the show. Uh, She is currently the co-founder and CEO of a company called Sounding Board. I'd like to call her a quiet assassin because she's been building this (laughs) massive business and then bam out of nowhere comes a series b and just is dominating the world here but christine tao welcome to the assassins podcast man justin i have to have you intro me everywhere i go that was (laughs) awesome thank you (laughs) glad to be here (laughs) so i wanted to i guess just to kick it off Christine, I'd love maybe I, you know, I did a pretty elaborate intro on you, but maybe just like tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about Sounding Board. Uh, and then I had a couple of questions queued up about the journey that you've been on. Yeah. So um, like you said, I'm the co-founder and CEO at Sounding Board. I've spent most of my career in tech. So was at companies like Google and YouTube before and a few venture backed startups. And then really started Sounding Board, where, you know, our vision and mission at Sounding Board is to help companies develop and create their most impactful leaders. And that was really born out of my own experience in working with an executive coach at my last startup, where I was employee 30, and we ended up scaling that business to over $100 million in revenue in less than three years. 
And I suddenly found myself running, you know, a global team as part of our executive staff. And luckily the board and CEO recognized I'd never done that job. So they gave me a coach to work with. And it just ended up being such a profound experience for me, not just professionally, but personally. Um, And so that's what Sounding Board does is, you know, we are helping democratize access to this model of executive coaching and bringing it to people earlier in their careers when I really felt like I needed it most. Um, And I'm lucky enough to be able to do that with my coach from that story. So Lori's my co-founder, you know her as well. She's been a coach for over 25 years and mostly coaching at the public and private company CEO levels. So at Sounding Board, we've taken a lot of that experience of, you know, very personalized, high impact um, leadership development and executive development, um, and then effectively wrap technology around it so we can bring it to people earlier in their careers. Awesome. Yeah, I know it's been a, a crazy journey for you all too. We went through SAP's incubator together and kind of got to work through I.O., uh, and it's been really awesome to see sounding boards growth just from some of the, you know, the early days. And I know that was probably even like chapter three or four. There were many chapters before that. Also major congratulations on the series B. That was a huge announcement that went down earlier this year. This podcast is obviously focused on the earlier stage seed and series A. And I guess as you reflect back on that and think about how it went raising your B what were sort of the milestones that you were targeting as you went through that process? And how did that differ from the steps that you took when you were raising your seed or, or even the, your Series A? Yeah, so sort of the high level stats on sounding board. So we're female founded um, and, um, you know, the stats for that are pretty dismal. Less than 3% of venture capital goes to sole female founded companies. And to date now we've raised almost $50 million. Not that that's an accomplishment, but it is in a sense just because of the data out there. Um, And I always note that because we actually, and I personally, given the job of a CEO is often the fundraiser, um, really struggled with raising capital actually early on in our seed rounds. And so I always do share that just because people often look at it and they say, wow, you know, $50 million, you guys look like you been on a tear and we did we did our a and our b basically within a year so it really accelerated recently Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of pain i'd say early on um when we were doing our seed rounds where you know i had two failed attempts to raise an a before we got to our a and we did our seed rounds in different tranches because i couldn't initially close what i wanted to close to start and so I'm happy to share any part of that process with the other founders listening, just because I definitely feel like I learned a lot through going through that process. And not to say that I'm an expert now, but I certainly kind of can look back and think about a lot of the mistakes I made early on and how that has changed over time. What are, I guess, getting to that point, like what are maybe one or two things that you reflect on now and think, oh, damn, I, you know. I would have changed that up at that at that early stage. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of the same thing that you always think about as a founder when you're building a product, right, which is to put yourself in the seat of your customer and really think about like what's their need, what's their pain. Yeah. And I think 
because as a founder, you know, I'm a first time founder, you just don't get exposed to how investors think when you are working a regular job. Um, that was a big learning curve for me. And so I come out of operating, you know, I love to operate. Um, I was operating at a, you know, a startup before pretty successfully. And my big learning was that, you know, I spent a lot of time early on trying to point to traction and proof that, you know, we had something viable because when you're operating and especially if you're in sales, like, you know, you get judged by what you actually deliver. Yep. And that is very different than engaging with an investor where traction, especially at the earliest stages, is almost... um I wouldn't say unimportant, but it's a check the box just to determine credibility. Um, but what they really care about is where you're going and why you, why the team, you know, why this market, um, what's that unique insight that you have and what's that story you're really telling about where this company can go. And that just really wasn't a skill I had honed, you know, and I didn't understand why they would want to talk about something that was in the future that hadn't happened yet. Versus yeah. like everything I'd already done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's such a good insight. I um, I guess talking about the future, uh, you've clearly now you've established yourselves as a leader in this category around leadership coaching and development. How have you seen the space change and evolve since you started the company? And what are some of the things that you've observed as far as trends on where you think the category is going around coaching? Yeah, I mean, that's the part I think that has been super interesting and really even changed beyond where Lori and I had imagined when we started. You know, when we started, you know, when Lori was coaching me, she used to fly up every week and come into the office and we'd sit in a conference room and we'd chat and we'd talk. And so our initial hypothesis was just like, would people be willing to do this virtually um, given what a intimate relationship that was in order for me to really get that kind of development that you need as a leader? Um, and so our first thought was really just, you know, well, let's just see if people are willing to do something like this virtually. And I think what we've seen in the last year, certainly with the move to remote work, um, with a lot of the trends now raising higher awareness around the importance of employee learning, employee development, employee engagement, it's dramatically shifted even, you know, one, investor interest in understanding about the market opportunity. But I think more importantly, just that companies are seeing that sort of the old way of going to a class, you know, um, sort of self-initiating curriculum online. When you have lives that are now increasingly um, sort of all jumbled together between work and home and virtual work and the demands and the constant changes, it's just that people don't have time for that. And so they want something that it's very immediately obvious to them what that benefit to them as a learner is going to be, how that's going to help them advance in their careers and in their leadership. And they want it to be really personalized. And so I think it's dramatically shifted one, like I said, investor understanding about how big the opportunity is, but also customers realizing they kind of need a different way to engage their leaders when 
times are so disruptive as they are now. And coaching really has emerged as this go-to model for that. Yeah, it's great. It's such a good insight too, because having sold this go to Culture Amp, I'm working on uh, our integration and partnership strategy. And we just recently launched the development product because there's a lot of interest in and around like how do we encourage and put a focus on employee development, helping employees navigate their career journey, giving them resources to stay engaged. Um, you, you kind of alluded to this in the early days around how coaching has evolved and changed. And there's a lot of companies I know that have a lot of interest in network effect businesses and thinking about marketplaces. And so one thing that I've always been fascinated about sounding board is just like how you built that network of coaches in the early days. And like, what was that process like? And are there maybe one or two insights that you'd be able to share with our listeners? Yeah, I've been lucky that I had quite a bit of exposure to building, whether you call it marketplaces or network. At Sounding Board, we call ourselves a managed network. But, you know, in my prior life, I worked at YouTube. Um, and then I also worked at a mobile ad network hmm. where it was always about this idea of building supply and demand. And what we did at Sounding Board and what I think is really critical about these types of businesses is that. The challenge always is matching, right? How do you match supply and demand, get the right balance? Where do you start? For me, I have this very strong belief, like you have to pick a side first and get really good at that side. And the side you should pick should be the one that you think helps get that flywheel going. So you can, and it gives you leverage in building the other side. So for us at Sounding Board, you know, the um, example is, Lori, being a coach herself, and was very adamant that be, even if we were going to make this virtual, even if we were going to make it cheaper so it was more accessible, that no matter what, we weren't going to sacrifice quality for accessibility. And so it was very clear to us, like, we were going to anchor on supply side first, which is the coach network. She had a network as well being a coach and having run her own business for 20 plus years. So we were able to build up an in initial cadre of coaches. And then from there, we felt like the flywheel effect is that as long as we can deploy really high quality coaches to our first couple of clients, that then would help us build that subsequent demand. Because most people didn't trust the idea that you could get something high quality when it's such a lower price point and it's mm. not in person. Yeah. So I think that probably that is one of the things I think that we were very, there's so many things you're not clear about when you're starting a business at zero, like where to start. But for us, I think, you know, one, it was a bit of what we knew. It was a bit of what we could execute, but it also most importantly was anchored in what we really believe could start that sort of network effect or that marketplace. Awesome. Such a good takeaway and I think a good place to wrap. I guess before we close, I wanted to also just give you an opportunity outside of sounding board or sounding board alone. I know you've got some fresh powder now, so I'm I'm assuming, you know, growing the team, but what what else is there anything else you wanted to plug or like what's what's next for sounding board? Yeah, I mean, look, it's an exciting time to be in this space. Like you said, there's more and more companies in the space and more people recognizing the opportunity. And so for us, like we are laser focused on ensuring that we are the clear category winner in the area of leader development. Because if you think about coaching, 
there's coaching for lots of different things you can get now, right? Mental health, wellness, you know, sort of career development, things like that. Um, for us, we've always been really clear that, and we see now more than ever, companies are going to need strong leadership at every level because more and more so managers are basically the employee experience for your employees when you're in a remote environment. And so for us, I think that very strong focus on leader development, we have a SaaS platform we just launched, which now means like, hey, you don't even have to use our coaches if you don't want to. You can license mm -hmm. our technology. And if you're a large company, you can stand up your own internal cadre of coaches to be able to really scale to as many people as possible. Um, and so we're focused a lot on that focused a lot on also starting to expand partnerships, which is why, you know, you and I are talking. Um, we yep. think there's an incredible opportunity for us to be able to partner with other amazing companies in the ecosystem to bring data into that equation, to bring more context into the coaching, to also help us better understand ROI and impact. And so I'm really excited about a lot of those initiatives that we're spinning up now around partnership. Awesome. Yeah, likewise. I mean, the space is, like you said, it's it's evolving and there's a lot happening. And I think uh, I think you all are very well poised to to dominate. So grateful for you. Thank you for coming on, Christine. I miss seeing you around the IO office. It's kind of a bummer that we're not all working under the same spot anymore, but bigger and better things for you all, I'm sure. I know. Well, same here. And thanks, Justin. I'm going to have to take that nickname with me. You know, the quiet assassin. I kind of like that. So. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Keep in touch and, and catch up again, hopefully soon. Okay. Talk soon. All right. That is a wrap. Man, big shout out to Christine and the team at Sounding Board. Awesome to see the success that they've had as they've grown over the years and uh, really excited to see where they take the business next. This upcoming week, we've got a really great guest coming on. He's a friend of mine from the earlier days of the bot ecosystem. He's, he's currently a professional investor, but he's also a serial entrepreneur. So he's, uh, he's had multiple exits and successes. Uh, it's going to be a great episode talking about sort of making that transition from going from an operator to VC and a little bit more about what their firm is looking at as they're sourcing early stage deals. So you'll want to tune in next week. Also check out a couple new content pieces on the site. If you go to assassins.com, A-S-A-A-S-I-N-S, -S -S, assassins.com, sign up for the newsletter and we will drop you some goodness every week. So keep going, keep hustling, and keep getting that money. All right, that is a wrap. Man, big shout out to Christine and the team at Sounding Board. Awesome to see the success that they've had as they've grown over the years and uh, really excited to see where they take the business next. Uh, this upcoming week, we've got a really great guest coming on. Uh, he's a friend of mine from the earlier days of the bot ecosystem. He's, he's currently a professional investor, but he's also a serial entrepreneur. So he's, uh, he's had multiple exits and successes. Uh, it's going to be a great episode talking about sort of making that transition from going from an operator to VC and a little bit more about what uh, their firm is looking at as they're sourcing early stage deals. So you'll want to tune in next week. Um, also, check out a couple new content pieces on the site. Uh, if you go to assassins.com, A-S-A-A-S-I-N-S, -S -S, assassins.com, sign up for the newsletter, and we will drop you some goodness every week. So keep going, keep hustling, 
and keep getting that money. Them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, nation the game. Before wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. I can change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated. Closing deals on a daily, weekly, monthly. Real recognize, real you lose is acting funny.